Let's stand. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. All the mothers stand. Let's we'll see who you are. Oh, happy Mother's Day. All right, everyone that's sitting, blow them a big kiss. Can you do that? Blow them a big kiss. Happy Mother's Day. This is, this is wonderful to celebrate Mother's Day. Good crowd. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. And uh, my favorite subject is about mothers. I've never been a mother before, obviously. And I have no right to stand and tell mothers how to be a mother when I have never been a mother myself. And I haven't, I wasn't created to be a mother. I wasn't wired to be a mother. I don't have the mindset of a mother, but I had a great mother uh, who lived in this life, who impacted me. And that I can speak about because I can talk about the impact of a great mother. And today I wanna speak to you on the subject on a mother's lifetime lessons. I think about my, my mom, she's, she's been with the Lord since the year 2000. She's been gone 18 years, hard to believe. And uh, I, I think about her life and the other day I was going down the road and just thinking about Mother's Day, thinking about my mom, thinking about her a lot. And I, I was just thinking about what are the things that she really drilled into me? Now my dad was a preacher and uh, he, he, all my life, I've always known him to be a preacher, went to church, and I've heard many, 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 many sermons. But my mother was a very quiet woman. Isn't that right, Melvin? She was, she was a very quiet mate. She was just a very, Donegal, you guys know her. And, uh, and uh, my sister Trudy's here today, so she can vouch for that. And uh, my mom was a very quiet woman, but yet when she was home, she was very articulate and she, she let us know how things really are in life. And uh, I think about the sermons that she preached that were very powerful and uh, the life that she prayed. And I thought about the other day and I thought about speaking this morning and I thought about, you know, I don't want to get up and say, mother should do this, mother should do that, and blah, 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 blah. I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to share with you what my mother impacted into my life and just share some concepts and ideas possibly that you could take and, and use it into your life of your kids or grandchildren or great-grandchildren. And uh, I thought about four things, four things that she would repetitively share with me, four things that always reoccurred in my life. And I, I thought about that and I thought, yeah, that's, that's something that, that really shaped my life. It's something that impacted who I am today because of, of her life. And uh, there are just four things I'm going to share with you this morning, and we'll be out of here in about two hours, and it, it'll, it'll go quick. So first of all, I thought about the first thing my mother just kind of drilled into me. She used to say to me, you can be anything God wants you to be. And uh, when I was young, I wanted to be everything. In fact, I don't know if some of y'all remember this or not, but when... When uh, I was really young, we used to have what we call milkmen. They used to, believe it or not, there were men used to deliver milk to their front porch in glass bottles, and we had this metal insulated box, and the milkmen would come and put the milk in the insulated box, and my mom would always put a little money in an envelope, and he would take that. But that's how we operate. We all, and I used to tell my mom, I want to be a milkman. That's just the coolest thing to deliver milk to people on their front porch. And I used to think that was the coolest thing. My mom used to say, you can be anything God wants you to be, but you can do a little better than that. <laughs> you can, and then I'd see the garbage man go by, pick up the garbage, and they'd come by, and, and I said, I want to be a garbage man. She goes, you definitely could do better than that. 
But those are all good jobs and those are great aspirations. But the little older I got and I became, I became aware of my dad, you know, go to church. I always went to children's church, but there was times I went to the big church and I would sit with my mom and I'd get real antsy, but my dad would get up and preach these forever long sermons and they're way over my head. And I used to go home and tell my mom, you know, maybe I'll be a preacher one day. And uh, then it wasn't long before I wanted to be a fireman. So I, she said, well, how are you going to be a preacher and be a fireman at the same time? I said, I'll be a fireman during the week and I'll be a preacher on Sunday. And uh, so that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a fireman preacher. Uh, and then it wasn't long. I, I changed my views. But my mom would always tell me, she says, you can be anything that God wants you to be. She would often quote this verse in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. What a great verse. You can be anything that God wants you to be. You know, it's so important to keep the dream alive in your children. God has wired them for a purpose. God has a plan for their life. And the greatest thing that we can do as a parent is is not to try to control their future or try to tell them what they should be, but rather let them gravitate to the plan and the purposes of God. And, And my mother was really good to always remind me that you can be anything that God wants you to be. When I got a little older, probably around four or five years of age, I, I, I wanted to mimic my dad's preaching. And I remember my mom used to sometimes on, during the week or sometimes on Sunday, if I, we couldn't make it to church, my mom would sit in the big comfortable chair and I'd take the organ bench and I would put the organ in front of my mother and I would take a hymnal and pretend it was the Bible and I would preach, thus saith the Lord to my mother. And I would preach to her and preach to her and preach to her. And that poor woman listened to all that yelling and screaming. And then she would get saved every time. I said, if you need to get saved, raise your hand. My mom, I know was in heaven. She was saved 280 times. (laughs) She's there. I know she's there. Now, as a kid, you know, I was ranting. I didn't know what I was talking about. I just put God here, Bible here, and it just sounded good. But uh, my mom, she would pray, and, and uh, she'd pray with me. And, she, and then after it was all over, she says, you're going to be better than Billy Graham. Now, the crazy thing is I believed it. But you know what? But I, you know what? God didn't want me to be a Billy Graham. He wanted me to be Tim Britton and be who I am. But she always would tell me, you can be anything that God wants you to be. And you know, that, that has stayed with me my whole life. I, I've encouraged my kids the same thing. You can be anything that God wants you to be. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And what a wonderful thing. There's a second thing that my mom drilled into me. And boy, did she drill it into me. If you can't say anything good, then don't say anything at all. I was the quietest kid. If you can't say anything good, don't say it at all. She would tell me that all the time. I'd spew out something and she'd say, "Uh uh-uh, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. How many ever heard that one from your parents? Oh boy, all of us, oh good. I heard that all the time. In fact, Psalms 19, 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, that's a lesson in our culture we need to bring back because we're telling kids just... Just tell authority figures what they want to hear. Tell this one what they want to hear. And just mouth off. You know, it's a good thing to restrain our tongue. Amen? And I have learned that has stayed with me. Because there's a couple times I just wanted to rip on something. 
And I would, that would come back to my mom. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. So I bit my tongue. Now I have a half a tongue left, but, but I've learned that through life. Now I remember there was a woman that used to come by our house and uh, she used to visit my mom and she would bring her child over and her child had a bad habit of saying bad words. And uh, every time we'd be in the sandbox playing, he would always go, son of a witch. I'm not going to say the whole word, but that's what he would say, and with a B word. And he'd say that. He was just mad, and he'd wreck my trucks, and we'd play that. And he would say that same word over and over again. And that just got in my head. And every Saturday morning, my mom would uh, have us make sure we cleaned our bedroom. And she was an immaculate housekeeper, and she says... Saturday morning, before you go out and play, you've got to clean your room. So this Saturday morning, we had something exciting. We were building a fort out in the woods and, uh, with some other friends, and I was in a rush. So I took all my dirty clothes, and I took all my books, and I took all my toys, opened up my closet door, threw it in the bottom of my closet door, halfway made the bed, and it wasn't long before I started out the front door. My mom called me, Timothy William Britton, that's what she'd say, get back here. And she went into my bedroom, and she had a big broom, you know, the kind with the old straw brooms. And she opened my closet door, and with a big broom, she pushed all that junk out in the middle of the floor. And she says, I told you to clean your room. And when she pushed all my stuff in the center of my room, I said, son of a witch. <laughs> I did. What an idiot, right? What an idiot. You know that place in the Bible, Revelation, that says that Jesus sat on the throne in the great white throne and the mountains and the sea fled and they saw him that sitteth upon the throne with eyes of flame and fire? That was my mom. <laughs> Folks, I had a rush job to the great white throne judgment. She looked at me and she said, what did you say? I said, son of a witch. She says, are you calling me a son of a witch? I said, I don't think so. But tell you exactly how it happened. It was a life-defining moment. She grabbed me by my chubby little arm. She pulled me in the bathroom. This is classic Mary Jane Britton. She reached for the ivory soap. She says, stick out your tongue. I felt like calling the Child Protection Agency at that point, but we didn't have cell phones then. She said, stick out your tongue. So I stuck out my tongue, and for 30 minutes, she rubbed that ivory soap over top of my tongue. And she says, you need the blood of Jesus to forgive you. And I said, if the blood of Jesus tastes anything like ivory soap, I don't want it. She washed my mouth out with soap, and she spanked me. She did. She got a belt. I didn't mind my mom spanking. She thought she was tough. I always pretended like she was tough. She hit, hit. But now she told my dad. But you know, that woman never did tell my dad. You see, my dad was of the law. My mom was grace. She, she, she said, now nah, that's between us. It's settled. And I never used that term again. That stayed with me. If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. How I've learned that in my life. How important it is to, to share that in the lives of kids. To, to use restraint with the words that so easily, fluently just flies from our lips. There's a third thing 
that my mom, that I hear all the time. These are like these life lessons, these little cliches that just are like arrows stuck in your life, stuck in your heart that you don't forget. One was you can be anything God wants you to be. Secondly, if you can't say anything good, don't say it at all. And the third one was don't be afraid. God is always with you. Psalms 56 Two and four says, I am constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Now, I remember I was in fourth grade, and Doug Flora, you remember this. We were in school together, and we had a teacher named Mrs. Olds. And uh, there was a boy that got caught stealing goodies out of other kids' lunchbox, and he would put it in his lunch. They'd get the Twinkies and all the good stuff, not the, not the food. And he would put the, he would go into the coat room in the back, and he would put things, and he got caught. And it was a suspicious when they caught him. And so the teacher pulled him up and said, did you do such, such, such? He goes, no, Tim Britton did it. Blame me. So Mrs. Olds pulled me in and said, I was just told that you were stealing other people's Twinkies. Now, it probably looks like I have. <laughs> I do love Twinkies. But I, and I told Mrs. Olds with tears in my eyes, this is on a Friday night, the honest God truth. I told Mrs. Olds, I said, I, dare, I promise you, ma'am, I did not steal other kids' lunch or steal the goodies out of their lunch. I promise you this. And that was a Friday. She says, well, Monday morning, we're going to go to the principal's office. That was the longest weekend of my life. I went home and told my mom. I said, Mom, I got accused of stealing people's stuff out of, my, out of the lunch. And she looked at me, and she, the first thing she said, did you? I said, no. I, I, mom, I promise you, I never took anything out of anybody else's lunchbox. I promise you. And you know what she told me? She said, this is a good lesson for you. When you go in Monday morning to the principal, you stand there. And you tell the principal exactly what you know to be right and tell the truth no matter what. Tell the truth. And you pray to God this weekend, the Lord will be with you. Now, folks, that's where I really learned about prayer because I prayed that whole weekend. And I would say, Mom, will you go with me? She says, no, God will be with you. I thank God for that. I thank God that my mother let me stand on my own two feet. I'm glad that my mom didn't come and fight my battles for me. And a lot of parents this day and time, they want to get in there and fight for the... My mom said, you stand in there before the principal. The Lord will be with you. You pray, and God will be with you. And I did. I, with great trepidation, that whole weekend, I prayed, and I said, God, I was innocent. I didn't know. So that morning, I went in, scared to death, had to stand at the end of that principal's desk. And the other boy who had accused me was there also. And the principal looked at me and asked me, he says, Tim, did you steal goodies out of the other lunches? And I remember looking at that principal and saying, no, sir, I did not. And when I said that, the boy that was first caught in a suspicious act broke down and cried. And he, he confessed. But you know, God taught me something that I don't need my mother in life. When accusations and people hurl things against you, people are going to lie against you. The devil's going to lie against you. And there are times that you've got to stand alone and you've got to put your faith and trust in God. And that time, I think, is the first time that I've learned to throw everything that in my world was huge 
to throw it in the lap of God. And the Lord defended me. And the Lord stood with me. And the Lord gave me strength to go through that. Was I scared to death? You bet I was. I was horrified. But God protected me. God moved on the heart of that other boy. And I thank God that I had a mother who, that when my time of trouble came, that she taught me to go to the Lord, to seek the Lord, to be honest with God, and to stand up for myself in the areas that I knew I was right, and that God would bless me and help me. And that has stayed with me all the way through my life. I've learned not to be afraid because God is with me. Later on in my life, I've shared this with you before, I, I, I developed a brain tumor and, and I lost my equilibrium and I, I, I started to have severe headaches, began to lose my vision. And I was placed in the old Delaware hospital on the third floor and, and my, I just went downhill quickly. And the doctors came in and said, there's nothing that we can do and the, the tumor is inoperable. And, and I remember we just prayed to the Lord. And I remember being in that hospital alone many times and my mom would always sit in a big chair to the right of that hospital bed and she would always say, don't be afraid, God is with you. God is with you. And here I am, 63 years old, and I'm going through troubles and trials, and one right now, as you know, read the media, and I'm always in this storm, but you know what? I can still hear my mom always saying, don't be afraid, God is with you. He's my comfort, he's my helper. In all these years, and now she's been gone 18 years, all the way through, I can still hear those words. I can hear it as clear as a bell. Tim, don't be afraid. God is with you. No matter what I'm going to have to go through in a few years, I don't know what's ahead for me. I don't know if it's the rapture or it's death. I don't know. All I know is that no matter what I've got to go through, as long as my heart is in tune with God and I'm walking with the Lord, I know that God is with me. And as long as God is with me, I don't have to be afraid. We just went through this critical spine surgery, and I can honestly tell you, right before they wheeled me into that surgical room to operate in the spine, and I saw all that apparatus, and they pushed me into this operating room, and the whole wall of that John Hopkins Hospital had my spine. I mean, the whole wall was like one great big TV, uh, 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 flat screen TV. And I, I w went in there, and I saw where they're gonna put me, and thank God they put me to sleep before they hung me in there. But I, I went in there, but I can honestly tell tell you, I thought about the words of my mom, don't be afraid because God is with you. And he was with me. He was with me. I even believe he sent an angel. There was a, a lady that came in and she was dressed different than everyone else. They all had this white costumes and the white mat. And I remember this one lady that just came up and she, she didn't ask me if I needed prayer. She walked up, she took the left hand and she held it tight and she prayed the sweetest prayer. She said, Heavenly Father, and there was something the moment when she said the word, Heavenly Father, I knew this woman had a connection to the God Almighty in the heavens. And the peace, I cannot explain to you the peace that overwhelmed me. Total peace, total comfort. I could hear the words of my mom again. Don't be afraid, God is with you. My mom went through some trials herself in her lifetime. As a little boy, I would remember her always singing this particular song. She would sing it. 
And it was always a testimony of her faith. She would sing it when she was ironing clothes. She would sing it when she was ironing or making beds. She would, she would always sing this one hymn. And, and, and I remember it, and it has stayed with me. It's just stayed with me all my life. And the song goes like this, and I, I think I've sung it to you before. And it goes something like this, and I'm going to try to sing it. My faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one whose wounds for me shall plead. I have no other argument. I have no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. That song has stayed with me. I sing it all the time. Thank you. <laughs> Betty, that was my audition for the praise team. Can I? <laughs> She's like... No. <laughs> that song has stayed with me. She sang it all the time. I remember the, the old Delaware Hospital when they're dealing with that brain tumor stuff. She would just hum it, and I knew the words, just spoke peace. My faith has found a resting place. And then there was a fourth thing, and thank God for the fourth point, amen? She used to teach me, be thankful for everything. This is the fourth thing that she always said, be thankful for everything. Sometimes I would complain as a kid, and especially when she would say, this weekend we have missionaries coming to the house. I went, oh, great, Scott. Because when missionaries would come, we had to rearrange our rooms. And, but my mom loved this when missionaries came because she liked to, to, to know the recipes of the missionary folks on the foreign field. Now, I didn't give two flying flip about rhubarb soup and all the missionary recipes. You know, I think when they come to America, we need to give them McDonald's hamburgers and all. <laughs> Let's give them some fried chicken and do something good. But, but my mom was always into exotic casseroles and, and trying to learn some of the recipes from the, from the missionaries from the foreign field. And many times she'd put a big pot of food out there. And I mean to tell you, it would be rice and look like grass clippings and a little bit of... Uh, weird things in there and they would do make these a recipe and I remember telling my mom I don't want to eat that I don't want to eat that and my mom would always look at me and she says there are some children in the world who have nothing to eat you'd be thankful you got something to eat I'll eat it all and I've been eating for every hungry child in this world since <laughs> Folks, when I get to heaven, God's going to look at me and say, well done, John, son. You have eaten for every hungry child, and they are all happy. <laughs> she said, you used to eat. Be thankful. She brought that into us. Be thankful. Missionary kids would come, and my mom would say, you need to share your toys. Give it to these kids. They're going on the mission field. They, have, they don't have any toys. They left all their possessions. Give up some of your toys. Give it to these kids. And she'd give me a bag and say, here. And I'd give some toys. And then I would be, that wasn't fair. And she said, you know, you need to be thankful for what you have. You are blessed with abundance. You need to be thankful. And to this day, 
I can hear my mom saying, be thankful for everything. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I have learned in whatsoever state I am in my own present life, I have learned to be thankful because when you become full of ingratitude, when you become gripey, and when you become complaining, it is there that that you have provided soil for the devil to ruin and destroy the quality of your life. In everything, give thanks. Thanks. I look back. I remember the last Mother's Day that I had with my mom. She came down she wanted, and she was in really bad health. My dad called me and said, Tim, mom wants to come down. I was pastoring in Montgomery, Alabama, at Calvary Baptist Church at that time. And dad called me and said, Tim, mom wants to come see you. She wants to be with you. And they brought her and she came in a wheelchair. She had had a stroke and then she had cancer. And she came. And I remember having her in that service. And I had the chance to publicly thank her even before our church then. Mom, thank you for being a great mom in my life. Thank you for preaching to me powerful points that were practical, that, that changed my life. And I am I'm totally imperfect, totally got a lot of problems. Got my own issues like you got your issues. But you know what? I thank God for a mom who loved me, who cared about me, who put some virtue and some truth into my life and has taught me to run to God in the time of trouble. 18 years she's been gone. I would love to pick up the phone and just hear her voice. I'd love to just hear her voice. But I know pretty soon the trumpet's going to sound and I'm going to see Jesus face to face almost solemn a couple months ago. But I know I'm going to be able to see all of my loved ones, and I'm going to see my mom, and I'm going to wrap my arms around her, and I'm going to say, of all the mother days, all the mother's days that I missed, I wanted you to know I love you and thank you. And in heaven, Jesus, please hug my mom for me and hug her for me and wish her a happy Mother's Day in heaven. I hope and pray some of you here for the first time this Sunday is your first Mother's Day without your mom. And you feel the heaviness. Go to Jesus today. He will give us the desires of our heart. Ask Jesus to go up and give your mom a hug from earth Because you know what? If you do it, anything you ask in faith, he will do it. And let Jesus go up and wrap his arms around and say, by the way, this is from your daughter. This is from your son. Because they are remembering you and honoring you today. May the 13th, 2018. To you, the mothers that are here today, you're awesome. I can never be a mom. But I think moms are awesome. 
And I pray today that you impact your children. I pray you impact your grandchildren by just taking the little things. You don't have to be perfect, but take those little things and drill them deep into their heart. And one day when you're gone, your child will stand the test of time because you made a difference by constantly drilling into them the principles and the lessons of Christian life. Let's all stand for prayer.